Aaron is originally from Hobart, but now lives in Penguin. He's been running for 24 years. In that time, he has posted some impressive personal bests over various distances and was the 2020 Run Devonport 5km winner and has had multiple second places in all the big Christmas carnival miles and 800m events. When Aaron is not running, he's a school teacher at Table Cape Primary. Over the years, he's been heavily involved with school athletics. He took La Trobe High School girls team to a national athletics competition and was one of the main organisers of a real cross country event at the Inter High last year here on the northwest coast of Tasmania. I met Aaron in my first ever state team in 2001. I automatically liked him and we've been good mates ever since. Aaron is a go-getter and makes things happen and is a great bloke to boot. This interview goes for a while, so sit back, relax and enjoy some banter between two good mates. Uh, how did you get into the into the running, Aaron? Um, started running probably when I was in primary school, um, about grade three or grade four. I was encouraged by my primary school teacher Eric Monaghan to join the sport, and join the local club down in Hobart, Kingborough River Athletic Centre, and then um, yeah, started there in under tens, then in under thirteens. Luckily, was rewarded with a state team, and of yeah, stayed in athletics on and off ever since then. Right. And um, what discipline was that? Was that was that always running or? Um, to start with, I went in probably as a sprinter and then came out as a walker and a 1500 runner. That's why I went to that one, the 1500 and the walks, yeah. Okay. So uh, obviously for the people that know you, uh, right now they know you as a runner. Um, did you find that it was hard or they were very similar, the crossover, the two sports, the two disciplines, the two events, I should say? Towards the end of my walking career, I started to run at the same time. So it'd be one night of walks training, one night of running training. I still ran all the running races at Interclub and still did the cross-country season. Um, often would do cross-country in the morning and then head to the walks in the afternoon. Um, and then in the national scene, I was doing a steeplechase or national cross country at the same time as the walks as well. So um, I guess the, the changeover from walks to running was a natural one, just um, swapped out the walks training for for the running training. Um, and unfortunately, a major injury in my lumbar spine, ruptured my L4 and L5 in a, a hurdling incident, landed yeah. wrong on the last hurdle. Um, and then, yeah, ever since then, given the walks up, I um, was told I'd never run again by Dr. Humphreys down in Hobart. And Uncle yeah, like, from that from that injury, <laughs> made the call. And yeah, got to love the namesake, telling me I'll never run again, so. Yeah, mate, yeah. Oh, I, think you, I think you chose the right choice. Your running seems to be going all right now. Yeah, yeah, I um, feel like I'm in a good space at the moment. Knocked out my first 100K for, in 12 years, so that was this week. So that's that's very impressive. Um, that's what I was going to get to as well. Uh, so you're pretty injury prone. And um, what have you been finding lately that's working for you in that, in that regard to, uh, you know, get you at the front door without being injured? Yeah, um, Jason Alley down in Hobart 
said to me, what price would you pay to never be injured again? And um, often brought up, you know, changing shoes and getting constant massages. Ben Masseuse himself obviously got some business out of me, but um, <laughs> working, working with him um, with a structure, I now have massages at least a fortnight. And then every school term, I've purchased two or three new pairs of shoes. Yeah. So I rotate through shoes a lot more frequently than I used to when I was living down in Hobart. And since yeah. I've been, I haven't had those injuries, so it's funny, isn't it? It's uh, it's a relatively cheap sport, and we don't normally think about it. You know, all those one percenters and the massage and the shoes. Really, it's uh, it's not that expensive when you compare it to golf or car no, rides, right. something like that. So, yeah, yeah. and I'm like and yeah, I feel it's the shoes. I'll rotate through the other shoes. A little bit more and then try those shoes again and if i pull up sore again i just offload them to my neighbor he's the same size as me sometimes yeah. it's only got 150 k's in them sometimes it's got more but yeah just want to try and hold on as long as i can but yeah the ending right. is nearing for me right and um you know we talk about uh i can't even pronounce this word mate it's going to get cut out anyway um longevity in sports and yeah. you've been you know you've been competing since you are that's it does say here i think is it six or seven? Ten years old i was yeah yeah 10 years old um you know do you ever feel unmotivated when you're uh been doing it that long yeah i guess um what is it now it's been 24 years i've been doing the sport and i have dropped in and out a few times a couple of times were for football and that was due to being unmotivated and wanting to hang out with, I guess, a different crowd of people. I still did fun runs as well as playing football and still have that run connection. But just for a winter, I'd break away from cross country and, yeah, join football. And then in 2015, I had another injury. Oh, sorry, 2014, I had another injury halfway through the cross country season and decided that it was time to do an Ironman. Um, I always talked about it as a junior that I would do one. So gave up running altogether. I knew that I could run, a, well, pretty arrogant, but I thought I could run a marathon without training for it. I just had to work on my swimming because I was quite a bad swimmer and still am. And same as a cycling. So I never uh, had a road bike before then. So bought one of those for Christmas. And then, yeah, 12 weeks later, knocked out a, an Ironman. So I guess motivation-wise, having different goalposts or different, things to strive for definitely definitely help and moving up to the northwest focusing more on the longer stuff now has definitely helped me as well where the better distance athletes are anyway mate so you know you made the right choice this yeah anymore and <laughs> I, think what I found interesting is with the marathon can you tell people how you actually ran that in the ironman and and you found you actually um you know a lot faster than a lot of other athletes can you tell the people out there the way you ran yeah. that I ran three hours 34 and I basically did 21 times two kilometre reps. Uh, well, she actually told me that his mate did it for a marathon. I took that advice on. Um, it was 32 degrees that day in Melbourne and it was quite hot, obviously, after a 3.8k swim and 180k bike ride. So decided to run the 2k's pretty quick, probably four minute k pace, a little bit quicker. And then we walk for 150 metres while I got my water and coking during that stage of the race. And yeah, kept soldiering on, ticking off all the people as I went. And then it wasn't until about the 28K I started to cramp and then I could see St Kilda Beach from a long way out and that 
I don't know, changed my mindset. <laughs> I didn't have to think about the cramps anymore. Yeah, I know that ride really well, and, and you can. It's it's quite off-putting, to be honest. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see a lot of people in front of you on there. Mentally, that helped me a lot. Yeah, well, do you have plans to do another Ironman? Or? Uh, no, family commitments have stopped that. I would yeah. obviously love to do another one, but, <laughs> yeah, time frame in the short term, definitely no. Married to the bike, aren't you, in that sport? Yeah. Yep. Okay, uh, you talk about your wife and... Uh, and your family, and recently, um, I know Betty, your wife, uh, she works as a nurse at the Northwest Regional Hospital, and quite obviously with, with all this um, this coronavirus going on, they went into, uh, you know, all the employees went into total lockdown, and um, quite obviously your family's affected with that. And anyone who follows you on Facebook would have uh, realised, or, or I'll be watching your journey with uh, many, many laps around the backyard. Um, I guess my question is, what the hell goes through your head running 160 k's in nine days, mate? Yeah, um, I don't know. I guess I finished run Devonport, and once we found out, we'll put into quarantine. That was a week later, two weeks later. I really didn't want to lose that fitness. I didn't have access to a treadmill, so I really wanted to try and keep up some sort of routine. And measured the backyard, and an out and back course was around a 75 meter loop. And after four or five days, I was pulling up quite sore in the big toe and with blisters because it was a lot of stop starting. And then um, I was able to open up the side, the side gate, which opened up a 90 metre loop, which was perfect. We haven't opened that gate before in the four years that we've lived here. Yeah, right. So um, I still had a lot of sliding going on, especially because it was quite wet for that two, two weeks. But... Um, just got the headphones out, got the music on, and then every two or three songs I'd look down at how many kilometres I'd done if I was doing a slow <laughs> run, just to try and switch off. And then, yeah, the kids would pop in and out and do a couple of laps with me, which obviously would slow me down, but also, yeah, mix it up a little bit, which was nice. Yeah. And, um, like, we talk about in the track that you don't always run the one way uh, because, you know, it can, it can cause injury. Were you doing the same thing in your backyard? Were you running clockwise and anti-clockwise? Yeah, I was, yeah. Um, if I was doing a workout day, so Tuesday, Thursday or Saturday, I'd do the warm-up and cool-down one way in the session the other um, and then make sure I mixed it up for the, the following session today. And then for the long run, it was every two and a half K, I'd swap directions, so that was about every 30 laps. Yeah, wow, wow. Um, no, it's awesome, mate. I, uh, I don't think I could do that myself. I can't, I can't see myself doing that. But... Uh, Okay, so for those people as well who are who were big in the carnivals and watched Aaron for a lot of years, he's been doing it for maybe 10, 12 years, is that correct? Yeah, that's about right, yeah. Yeah, um, and I think if you watched Bernie this year, um, you know, he was he was leading up the straight. I think he may have even come back over the top of Jimmy Hansen. He probably thought that he had the victory in the Bernie Mile. And then uh, the talent that Stuart McSweeney's got him in the last dying five to 10 metres and he... Uh, Came second place. Um, tell me a bit about that and, and how you were feeling before, during and after the race. Yeah, um, going into the race, I was probably more relaxed out of the other three days previously. Going into Latrobe, I knew I'd be thereabouts. Um, thought there was between six or seven people. And um, Aaron Harvey was just too good on the day for all of us. He cleaned us up. Um, then the next night was the Devonport mile and obviously knew that Stewie and Barbara and 
all the other boys would be ready to fire as well. And uh, knowing that I'd raced the day before, I still had an inkling that or a thought that I'd still like to try and get a top three or top four finish at Devonport, which didn't happen. So I was still quite nervous going into that. And I was uh, sixth in that race. And then did the Devonport uh, 800 the night after that, so three nights in a row, and just was fatigued the whole race. Just felt like I couldn't get going, but um, yeah, held on for fourth there as well. So I guess going into Bernie, I was I was obviously tired. It's been my fourth day in a row to race, but um, in yeah. particular, more relaxed because I didn't think that I was going to stand a chance and mind the goals in top ten. Yeah, so, and usually the people who go into Bernie, they haven't raced Devonport or or the eight hundred or you know, they're going yeah. there totally fresh. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, the big guys did the Devonport mile and had a night off. Well, probably ran that day, but didn't yeah. have a hard and then backed up for Bernie. So I was going in. I was tired but had no pressure on myself. Um and then the race started and I found myself at the front of the pack, which seems to be the case these days. And Felt like I could respond to all the moves that were happening. I felt the pressure behind me and was able to respond to the pace and didn't feel like I was dropping off at all. And then with about 500 to go, big Alec Thomas went past past me and kicked past quite hard, as did Lockie Barber. <laughs> and I was watching them get away, but they weren't always getting away from me, if that makes sense. I still felt like, not that I could get into contact with them, because I know they're better athletes than me, but if they did die, I was, I could have a crack at them as well. So yeah, uh, going down the back straight, I could hear Grant telling everyone to get about Stewie, and here he comes. <laughs> and, yeah. um, I guess we were just playing the waiting game for when he was going to catch us, and it wasn't until I got to the front of the club rooms down there at West Park, and I could hear everyone yelling at me to go, and obviously yelling at Stewie to go even faster. Oh. That's when nice. I knew. Yeah, and those people who know West Park, they'll know that I think you're actually, I think the back straight, are you climbing up the hill or is it the home straight? I can't remember exactly. Uh, the home straight, yeah. Home straight, so, you, so you've got a bit of a hill, you're already tired, you're already lactic. You don't yeah. know probably where you are in the race anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was, um, obviously, yeah, I was under fatigue there, but I could see Alex starting to falter. <laughs> that little... Aaron, I guess, in front of me was something I could try and chase and I got past him and then it was Lockie Barber, I could see, starting to lose form as well. And I was running him down and then I hit the lead probably for two steps with five metres left to go and that's when I thought I had it and then, yeah, a big red flash went flying past me and <laughs> clenched the fist up and punched, punched my own hand and just had to walk away, not in shame, but just in disappointment, I guess, that I was so close yet, I guess so far. So. I think a good way of looking at it is that I think you're probably going to get beaten by Australia's best ever athlete. I think right now he's number two best ever, but I think eventually he'll overtake Mottram. So if that's any consolation, I I think you can, you know, you can take that out of it at least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 I'm, yeah. I'm happy to lose to a better person on the day. So. Well, and the worst thing about it, you wouldn't get a nicer guy than Stewie. It'd be, it, you know, if it was some shit bloke, you'd probably go, oh, you know. But it's Stewie, it's pretty hard to, yeah. No, yeah. awesome, mate. That's great. Um, you know, so your form's been been pretty good. And then uh, a few months later, you did run Devonport. And, and for mine, I think that was a better run than actually Bernie. 
Um, yep. What do you put this down to? Is it just consistent training or? Yeah, I think so. I, I moved up from Hobart four years ago, very, very overweight. Um, nice and relaxed, I guess, down there. And then um, just consistent training, haven't been injured. Oh, that's a lot. I haven't had a major injury. I had before my hamstring, but yeah, that was a six to eight weeker. But other than that, it's just been, yeah, consistent running. Um, and then the goalposts changed throughout the season. I was planning on running fast fours and eights this year. And that's why I was entering the 400s after the carnivals, just to try yeah. and work on my ready for World Masters next year that goes ahead. I was going to do the 800 there, but right. it felt like no speed at all this season. And I'd get to a 1500 and 240 kilometres was hurting me too much. And 255s weren't comfortable, but I could tick off quite a few of those. So. Yeah. Um, as the goalpost changed, I then moved to the stall two mile was going to be the focus this year. So we loaded up for that yeah. probably late February, mid January, and started the process for Easter. And then yeah, that definitely carried through for Run Devonport. Yeah. Yeah. No, you were super strong. Um, yeah, I've never seen you so strong in a in a race to be honest. And um, you know, you um, you outkicked uh, Thomas. Can't think of his name. Um, yeah, yeah Tom, Thomas Wilson, um, yeah. you know, and he's he's been in some really really good form, and um, yeah. you know, you made him look very ordinary in the day, which is good. So I'm gonna cut that out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cool, yeah. mate. Um, no, that's awesome. So when you're when you're not running, you're actually a school teacher, and you've you've got a new position recently. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, moved up from Hobart as a primary school teacher and then um, was lucky enough to win a job at Latrobe High School and was there for four years and got to have a, an athletics class and a fitness class, which was really cool right. to work on, work with, sorry, not work on, work with students who wanted to improve in their running and um, hopefully I was able to assist them and got a few signed up for athletics as well, which was great. And then, um, Towards the end of last year, started to apply for some permanent leadership positions and was fortunate enough to win one at Table Cape Primary School. So I'm running a right. support out there now. So. Okay, yeah. And um, how do you find that with uh, travelling from quite obviously you are from Penguin, but but travelling to Devonport for training um, has that has that interfered with that much or? Um, yeah, I guess training used to be Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays in Devonport. Uh, Pre-COVID-19, yeah, and when I was working at Latrobe, I would obviously run. Every single run was in Devonport, and then yeah. started this job. Now I just go down on Tuesday nights, so over an hour to get to training. Okay, and then I try and tee up a nice dinner every two to three weeks. Run there to dinner with Brian Lyons. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I think it's been Maccas. There's probably nothing romantic about that at all, but, it, but it's been lovely, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it does, it, uh, the drive has affected my training in a way. I'm still trying to tee in sessions with Thomas Wilson because he lives in Bernie on his way yeah, home. That's good. Later than I was. So, in that regard, um, still have an opportunity to train with him. Yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, just getting the sessions done by myself. Yeah, right. Right, that's great, mate. 
Um, and so you talked about that you did a little bit of coaching there and, and you're a massive influence in getting a um, athletic schools knockout team. Um, yep. You know, was that, was that pretty rewarding to, uh, to have a tribe high school at the time that were really, really strong and, and, you know, could actually win the school's competition then go on to the national one? Was that, was that really re- something that you're quite proud of? Or? Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess I got into athletics because the teacher saw something in me and asked me yeah. to join. And I was trying to do similar things with the students that I had. You, you could see that they wanted to do it and they were willing to do the work when they were in my class. Um, one of them in my class is currently getting coached by me through correspondence, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I try and guide as many as I can to Ghana because obviously it's a healthy culture down there and a large group environment, which is only going to help other people as well. Yeah, so, great. Yes, in a national scene, it was pretty cool having a public high school, which has never had an athletics program before, go against the elite girls' schools at the time um, who have three Olympians as their coaches and then their principal. Yeah, well, being a parent. <laughs> we're, we're awesome when we're away and, you know, yeah. we wouldn't have been able to talk about that. No, that's yeah, great. But I know for those kids, I know how I'd feel. They're, they're going to remember that experience for the rest of their life as well. So that's something you can take away and be proud of as well. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there was only... Uh, well, Cairns was a very interesting experience. We were there during <laughs> the sun or whatever was going on at the time, hurricane, and yeah, we yeah, had a crew. <laughs> there was yeah, 11 well. on the team, and seven of them were vomiting two days before the competition. So, that's best environment for them. So, you put on the coach's shoes for that event. Do you see yourself doing any of that? that kind of stuff when your running career winds up? Uh, short term, possibly no. Um, yeah. I'm happy to coach through correspondence and we'll obviously go and watch that child go and compete at um, state champs and hopefully on the national circuit because it's in Hobart if it still goes ahead at the end of the year. Really? Um, but other than that, yeah, the reason for retiring is to spend more time with the family. So if I was going to dedicate the time to coaching I'd still like to be running whilst I'm still fit and not broken down with a major injury so yeah okay yeah. No, yeah. Um, my kids join the sport for a longer duration than little athletics and want want coaching or want to start a group then I'll step up and help out there but yeah short term no yeah great um and I suppose on the subject of coaches um I know your coach was my coach for a number of years, Mick Gunson. Um, yep. What what influence has Gunnar had on your your coaching, running, anything? You know, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so Gunnar's actually a relative of my of my wife, so I've always had that connection with him. And like you, with, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> since uh, I was eighteen and with Elizabeth, every time I'd come up to the northwest, I'd go and train with Gunnar when you were still there and kick about and do some sessions and. Yeah, he's made me feel welcome since I've moved up, which has been great. And the squad's, as you know, a friendly bunch that love love the banter, but also get down to business when it's time. And yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, kind of being a teacher as well, I've been able to um, talk to him about any issues at school, and he's been able to give me a clear pathway, especially as a young leader in the school. And yeah, to try and um, and 
old person perspective, I guess, and I was someone who's been in there for a long time and knows what's going on in the school and takes no bull crap and just wants to get the right things done. So he's been fantastic. Yeah. And and I know um Gunnar was a big influence. You had a lot to do with the uh local inter high cross country course here. Yep. Putting it together with um another runner and teacher, Grant Penny. Um yep, that's right. Is that something that you'd like to continue? Are you guys still continue that right now, or is that, or is that being handed down to someone else? Yeah, uh, good question. Um, I saw the inter high cross country in Helia and saw how tough that was for the students. And I guess coming from a from an athletics and cross country background, I just saw that in my mind it wasn't a runnable course. It was a real challenge adventure right. type course. Definitely challenging. The right people probably still won, but someone that was coming from track and seeing some of the cross-country courses around Australia on golf courses, I felt that we needed something that was a little bit faster but still provided challenges as well. And yep. being a lot on Penguin, I used to just run around the school and the ovals and through the bush and was able to navigate a um, 2K loop. Yep. And then from that, um, invite a grant for a run and talk to him about my course. And then uh, we put an application into to run that for the next three years. Right. And yeah, with Gunner's input was awesome. And then Ian Allen at King Island um, has his own timing system and he's a brains trust with all that as well. And he was great okay. and under, understood exactly why we wanted to do two laps. Yeah, for right. us viewing and so that the athletes knew exactly where they needed to go as well. And yeah, moving forward, um, the first year was a success. We had, um, great relationships with the Penguin Football Club and the Central Coast Council. They did a lot of work for us uh, leading yeah. up to the Penguin on the day and they look forward to continuing that relationship. But for this year and next year, being in the primary school, it's just not feasible both from a school perspective and for my time to continue. Okay. So Grant was going to continue that for this year with Gunner's assistance, but um, obviously with what's going on, that cross-country event won't go on. So, yeah, Grant yeah, okay. Another year to come up with or continue to utilise that course. Um, I yeah. have got in the course based on last year's feedback and added some more heels. I was told it was a bit too flat, even though yeah. we're off yeah. working, <laughs> walking. But look, that's that's all feedback that we take on, and yeah, um, yeah created some changes in that course and ready to yeah. go for twenty one when Grant's there. I'll still help him in the morning from three yeah. o'clock up until seven o'clock till I need to go to work but yeah all the well, all the work Grant and Gunner. I mean I help you guys that first day set it up and um I, I did all the inter highs in, in high school and they weren't yeah. cross country they were inter high road race so the fact it was cross country that was a huge you know yeah. that's that's a huge deal for a runner and um there's some nice little pinches and, and hard bits in it and no yeah. I, I just reckon congratulations to you guys because that needed to happen for a number of years. And um, I think sometimes they took the easy way out. So it was great to see two teachers out of passion and, and really put that to, to good use, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. And your input on the day as well. The day yeah. before uh, during the setup phase, I still remember you, you know, saying that, make sure they go over this barrier and we move the, yeah. the table. Sure that, you know, we weren't what does Gunnar say? Make it for the dumbest person. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. <laughs> you know, I knew exactly what needed to happen, but having those fresh eyes on the course, and Grant knew exactly where I wanted the course to go as well. 
I yeah, cool. Myself and um, Ghana definitely helped. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm going to change things up a little bit, and I'm going to go um, to what are some of your biggest running achievements that you're really, really proud of? Uh, it's a tough one. I have a couple of national medals, but going going into those, um, I guess going into those races, you kind of know if you have a good day what you're going to get. So um, Bernie Mile is there. That came from nowhere, in my opinion. I didn't think yeah. I was going to be a chance there. And run Devonport, I had myself coming second on the start line behind Thomas because his PB was... 20 seconds faster, so that's definitely there as well. Yeah, um, right. Uh, City to Surf, back in 2009, I was 34th out of like 88,000 and ran 46 minutes, which was a massive run. Yeah, can, um, can you tell me more about that? Because I think I know there's a bit of a story to do with that too. Um, you're weaving and you were, you were sort of stuck in a big amount of people and you're trying to get your, yourself um, to the front. Is that correct? Yeah that happen at City to Surf. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that one's pretty appropriate. Oh, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even sure Geordie would even see this, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess my first year, Elizabeth had a crack over at Roselle Hospital. Okay. And it was up to go over there. And if you ran, I think it was below 52 minutes, you got a um, seated start. Yeah. And um, the first 7K, I couldn't really run freely because I was zigzagging past people because, as you know, they line up in massive packs and it's like a big cattle grid to try and break out. Yeah. And then in, um, the following year, I applied for an elite start and was successful, which meant I got to start on the front line and uh, the 257 downhill first kilometre and then the ride <laughs> up the hill, I got to 6, 7K, I was pretty spent. Yeah, um, right. Bottom of Heartbreak Hill. Yeah. Um, big band, a long way to the top, and the city to Smurfs. They just yeah. get you going and all the crap you wear. And I got through 10K and 34.30 and I ran 33.10 that year, so I was quite disappointed that I was so far off the mark. Yeah, right, then, right. Um, I could see the leading female in front of me, and yeah, I came home in about 12 minutes 20, I think, for 4K. Right. And, and for about yeah. people. Yeah, I still remember going past Melbourne on that And day. for anyone who doesn't know, City to Surf, the last 4K is just all downhill. So you've climbed a little bit before this last 4K. So your, your quads and calves are screaming a little bit and then you've just got to let go. And yeah, you go for it the next day, but it's it's a really, really fun event. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Did you even find Heartbreak Hill hard? I, I'm not even sure what people want about it. I found the 9 to 10 kilometre part the hardest. Yeah, um, the first time I did it, no, because I guess I was jogging and zigzagging to get there. Yeah. <laughs> I already spent all my dickies getting to where I was on the second time. So yeah, right. I screwed that a lot. Um, it wasn't until I saw my 10K speed how disappointed I was. I was ready to walk then. But yeah. I remember being a uni student, I didn't have that much money. Yeah. So I, I had to go for a while and, yeah, I was able to run home again. So that yeah, was definitely cool. the one of no, that's awesome. And is that on the radar again? Do you always want to do that one more time before you give it away? Or um, I, pro I will definitely do it again, but I won't yeah. be up to the top 100. I'll just be going, going for yeah. a run and be out. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
you can join me in costume because I want to do it in costume one day. Yeah, sounds good. Definitely yeah, do cool, that. cool. Sounds good. Um, so I guess the next question is, uh, who are some of your role models and, and people that you look up to? Um, it could be, yeah, it could be family, sporting, life, anything really. Yeah, similar to Callum last week, I don't have a, a set role model. Right. Um, I just get about the people at the time, I guess. So through our late teens, early 20s, it was all about the Craig Motcham train. Yeah. Um, through coming to the carnivals and chasing that bleach little rat's tail that was going on. I even did it the following year. Yeah. I if you, um, if you look in yeah. the background, you can see a moment on my wall, actually, that's uh, got Craig and... We've got, we've got Gavin Mace, we've got Ryan Foster. For those people who know Ryan Foster, I think he's the, I think he's the third fastest 1,500-metre run, runner ever in Tassie now. Um, super junior yeah. talent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, that's cool, mate. Keep on going. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, Mushroom in 2006 at the Com Games. That was just amazing when he hit the lead with whatever distance he had left. That was the loudest thing. That I've heard in a very long time, and I know you and I have got about that. that yeah. Race. Yeah. yeah. So, pretty amazing. Yeah. And you talk about Ryan, I've been pretty privileged to train with some very world class athletes. I was training with him when he was going to the World Juniors as an eight hole, as a steeplechase runner at that time. Um, and I was doing steeple myself, so I was helping him out quite a bit. Yeah. And I also Donna McFarlane in the same group with Max Cherry. Um, and before yeah, great. that. Time, Daniel Coleman for the walks. He was working with Albert Johnson when I was still walking as well. And then obviously recently, Dion Kenzie. Yeah. Get, get the train with him. Um, yeah, right. Rivalry where we try and get about <laughs> each other. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, I've been for a few runs with Dion and, 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 and I still, I, an easy run's never easy with Dion. That's all I'm going to say. He no, doesn't know right. the word recovery, let's just say. No. There are some runs where you've got to be able to be ready to respond with some 320s and there's other runs where you've got to be so Yeah, he loves to half step, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, cool, mate. Um, any, any mantras that you live by? Um, I guess for me, it would be that uh, talent doesn't always be hard work. Yep. Um, as a junior, I didn't really apply myself fully to training. I lived the lifestyle, I guess, as a young young teenage boy, doing yep. things that I do. And um, I, wish <laughs> I, <laughs> I wish I lived by that mantra now. I see, you know, students at school that I know are highly talented and don't want to apply themselves full. And yeah. it, it's difficult sitting back knowing that what I've seen and done myself is disappointing for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess now that I'm 34, when I was about 28, 29, I started to think that I have to work hard. There's still 1% that I don't do. Still don't yeah. do any gym work or core work, which I definitely need with the extra tyre that I still have hanging around. But, um, yeah, running-wise, I'm going for the hard work. Talent's yeah. not there anymore. I'm just going to, yeah, work hard to keep hard. No, they're good mantras, mate. Um, I can totally align with what you said. Uh, if I had my time over again, I, I'd love to, but there's no point looking back. You can only look forward. And yeah. but in saying that, I made a shitload of mistakes, and um, you know, I wouldn't be the runner, or the 
It's my now about that shit either. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you yeah. feel the same way. Yeah. Um, you touched on uh, that you'd like to do the World Indoor Masters. Can Can you tell me more about this? Yeah. So I guess as a last hurrah, I was looking at ending at the highest level that I could possibly reach, and that would be the World World Masters Games. Right. Um, this year it was an outdoor championships in Canada, but I was a year too young and. Um, we had a pre-wedding holiday. <laughs> Not old enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we had a pre-wedding holiday to Canada and the USA, and I love Canada. Oh, awesome. So when I that, the world indoors were there, and I've never raced indoors before. I thought, yep, that's where I'm going to go. So yeah, the plan. Um, obviously, international travelling dependent. Yeah. Is for Easter next year is to be in Canada in Edmonton. Right. And it was to race the 800, but um, looking at the results, I need a 158 to medal, and I just don't have that in me anymore. Um, yeah, okay. 100 medals are 404, but the 3K is an 851, and I think that's definitely achievable. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, that'll be the focus. Um, I'm going to need to run a low 32, high 31, which would be a 90-second PB for me, so I don't see that happening either. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the goal will be to go for the 3K at this stage and try and snag a medal and call cool. it a day. And it's, um, so it's, it's a world indoors competition, so is it snowing that time of year as well? Is it, are they in there? I was in April, so yeah, yeah. weather depends really. We were there yeah. in really last time we were there and there was a lot of snow. Yeah, um, okay. We were in Edmonton, it was minus 40 that day and it was 38. <laughs> Yuck. So... <laughs> 80 degree variance, but yeah, I would assume it would be um, in single digit degrees during that time. And yeah, wow. Six lane track, blue and yellow lanes, and yeah. Have you, have you ever been on an indoor track at all when you went to because you went to the States for a holiday? Did you ever check any, anything out when you were over uh, there? No, there wasn't, wasn't much running going on while I was uh, there. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine you would have been a very good boy on that trip. Yes, definitely. I can take yeah. a tour. Go on those trips. I just saw the sights. And yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never, never put on an indoor track. Um, I've sought feedback off Kale. He comes along and um, down to Tassie when he can. And he often talks about the indoor tracks and how much fun they are. So Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Uh, awesome, mate. Um, just closing out. Um, what has running given you? Oh, I guess made a lot of good friends from running. Um, up here, apart from the work colleagues, all my mates are from running. And yeah. a lot of people, well, most of my time's either with family or with running. So I guess in that hindsight, uh, it's given me friendships, people I can rely on, but it's also given me an opportunity to travel all around Australia right. as well as a Frequent fly yourself, we would go yeah. to <laughs> And I also had the walk nationals on top of that as well. So I was looking at six trips a year for a six, yeah. seven years. So I was, yeah, fortunate enough to obviously, A, meet everyone in the team and B, travel around Australia for it. And um, once I retire, running for me will be the health and well-being and still meeting up with mates and going for a run. So and yeah. doing part runs and Entering oh, the world, 
the idea is to enter a major marathon every three, yeah. four years in the world and just go on and have fun. Yeah, and, cool. Yeah, running holiday, I guess. Yeah, that's what I run for myself. This isn't about me, but um, you know, the majors, that's what gets me out the door at the moment, is um, yeah. the travel. And I think we met through running, didn't we? 2001, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I'm the same, mate. It's just giving me a lot of mates and um, a lot of good times, a lot of banter. Oh, a lot of banter, a lot of memories, both good and bad. Yes, yep, yep. <laughs> we won't, this, this this program's G, so we won't touch on that, but uh, yeah. I'd like to wish Aaron all the best in his World Indoor Masters Athletic Championships in Canada next year. I personally cannot wait to catch up with Aaron over coffee and McDonald's for our usual banter and laughs. And also sometime in the future, I think it would make a great podcast episode of all our memories, laughs and banter on some of our athletics trips we've had the last 20 years. Till next time, happy running.